Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the zeal of Pinchas. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is the 18th of July. I want to give a big shout out to my loving, wonderful husband, Benjamin Lacasse. He turns 40 years old today. So blessed to have him in my life. And I don't know where I would be if Adonai had not brought him into my life. Honestly, he is truly a godsend, a wonderful father, wonderful husband, just all around great caretaker of us all. And I'm just so thankful for him. So happy birthday, love. I love you. Today, the tour portion for this particular week is called Pinkhas. Hopefully, I did not completely butcher that. It also means Phineas, or because I'm an American and I speak American English, we call that Phineas. So I'm going to say Phineas because I'm not going to butcher that as badly as I do with Pinchas. So the Torah portion is Numbers chapter 25, verse 10 to chapter 30, verse 1. There is a lot that is going on in this Torah portion. It goes from talking about what Phineas had done actually in the previous previous tour portion, um, which we're kind of kind of get into, and then they also talk about um, that we are uh, what we are to do for each of the feasts of the Lord and what for, we are to do for Shabbat, what we are supposed to sacrifice. Which thankfully, I'm so thankful, especially reading this. Um, that Yeshua is our sacrifice. And because there is no longer a temple in Israel, we do not have to do all the sacrifices that is required um, that you will find in this particular Torah portion. The half Torah portion this week is 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46 to chapter 19, verse 21. And there you have uh, one of the stories of Elijah, probably my all-time favorite prophet, he had his ups and downs. And honestly, I love him because it's, it's clear to see how real he is. Then you have another half tour portion, which is Jeremiah chapter one, verse one to chapter two, verse three. The Brit Hadashah is John chapter two, verses 13 to 22. There you'll see when Yeshua goes to the temple because it's Passover is coming up and he cleans out the temple of anyone who is making money in the temple which kind of goes back to the zeal of Phineas. So kind of going back from last week's tour portion, at the very end of it, you'll see in Numbers chapter 25, verse 7, it says, When Phineas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the Cohen, saw it, so this is what happens. Actually, I should go up to probably verse five. So Moses said to the judges of Israel, each of you kill your men who have been joining themselves to Baal of Peor. Then behold, the man from Benai Israel came and brought a Midianite woman to his brothers before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Benai Israel while they were weeping at the entrance to the tent of meeting. When Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the Kohen saw it, he arose from the midst of the assembly, took a spear in his hand and went after the man of Israel into the tent and pierced them through both the Israelite man and the woman's belly. Then the plague among Benai Israel was stopped. However, 24,000 were dead because of the plague. So these people were 
actually going back to um, Balaam from last week, he caused them instead of, cause he couldn't curse them. Right. We learned that last week. He couldn't curse the Israelite people. He had only blessings in his mouth that Adonai put in his mouth. So after he was not able to curse the Israelites, but only bless them, he decided to tempt the Israelites. He counseled the Midianites to entice the men of Israel to sin by worshiping Baal of Peor and engaging in sexual immorality with the women of Moab, which you can see happened. And Phineas, when he saw that, he killed someone. It's actually quite graphic. He killed someone because of that. And it actually stopped them from having the plague that they were dealing with because of their sin. We call it the zeal of Phineas because he was so zealous after God's own heart and to become and do everything the way that God told him to do that he did not hesitate. He didn't take a moment to think. He simply did what he knew God had commanded them to do. And he did it with zeal. Same thing when you see Yeshua in the Brit Hadashah when he's at the temple and he's cleaning out the temple from all of the money makers and he said, this is my father's house. You should not be, you know, sullying it and sinning in his house. And he got angry. He was zealous after God's own heart. Now, what does it have to do with anything? So many things. And it does actually apply to today. This is where I'm seeing kind of a connection where God's really been leading me all week long. I have been observing a very dangerous and rather sad pattern when it comes to the body of believers. Now, I'm not just talking about messianic believers. I'm talking about all of those who believe that Yeshua is Lord. He is who he says he is. Now, some can say, okay, some people are zealous. That's not a bad thing. I would absolutely agree. There are so many people, we are supposed to be zealous after Adonai's own heart. That is something that we all should be striving to do. However, I think sometimes we get blindsided or we kind of take a path that I don't think is necessarily the way that Adonai wants us to go. There are so many different issues and situations going on in this world that it is so important for us as a body of believers to come together and acknowledge that we all believe that there's only one way to the father. And that is through Yeshua. Now there's a reason there are over a thousand denominations in Christianity because we cannot agree on anything. It's that simple. But the sad thing that I've been noticing the past couple weeks is there are some pastors out there, some pretty well-known pastors out there who are, instead of focusing on things that Adam and I would want us to change in our own lives and then also in the world that we live in, we are so busy focusing on everyone else who's a believer and saying what they're doing is not right. They're false prophets. They're false teachers. They shouldn't be doing what they're doing. Now, there is a place for that. I'm not saying there isn't. However, just because someone doesn't agree with you does not make them a false teacher. And something that I've come to realize, and for some reason, I guess I've been living under a rock, did not realize that there's actually quite a few big name 
teachers, pastors, whatever have you, in the the body of believers who actually are anti-charismatics, which I find odd. Um, for me, I grew up in a Pentecostal non-denominational church, so I saw the acts of God. I saw the miracles of the Lord, and I guess there are those out there who it's not a bad thing, but they simply stick to the scriptures, which is something I absolutely attest to. However, I also believe that Adonai works today as well. So I do believe in speaking in tongues. I believe in having visions. I believe in having, you know, people prophesying. I believe that the Holy Spirit still works today in our lives. And Evidently, there are some out there who believe that that's something that happened in the Bible and no longer happens now, which I always knew, but I didn't realize it was such a big thing. And that's not a problem for me. I don't have a problem with somebody disagreeing with me. I have a problem when they start attacking someone else in the body of believers. Because one, that's not biblical. We're not supposed to be attacking each other. One, we can agree to disagree. And two, what does the Bible tell you to do? If somebody has odd against you, you go to that person and you try to work it out amongst yourselves. And if it doesn't work, then you go to your elders in your church and you try to have them, you know, fix the situation or fix the problem or have them repent. They choose not to do that. Then you bring it to the entire assembly, to the entire community. And if they continue to not repent for whatever it is that they're doing, then you have to say, we can't have anything to do with you. I'm sorry, you have to leave the church or whatever. That's not really being done. It's being done on podcasts. It's being done at conferences, vlogs, whatever have you. And I was really disheartened to see that because I didn't realize, I guess, what was going on in my own backyard in America. And I'm like, man, there's so many other things, so many other issues that we need to be outspoken about that that I don't think we need to worry about whether or not somebody speaks in tongues or not. I don't think that that's a salvation issue because it's not. Uh, whether or not you speak in tongues does not mean that you cannot get to heaven. That that does not compute. There's only one way to get to heaven. You read that in John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That would be Yeshua speaking. It doesn't say you have to be baptized. It doesn't say you have to speak in tongues. It doesn't say you have to have visions, dream dreams. None of those things. If you have come to know me, you will know my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. We have the LGBTQ community that needs to be loved, but also given instruction and said, look, we love you, but we don't have to agree with you on everything. Same thing with abortion that's a whole nother issue that we need to discuss. But there are so many situations and examples of sin that we all need to deal with in our own lives first and then focus on, on the outward that I don't think we really need to start nitpicking about things so silly. I mean, I was even kind of floored this past year. I heard about one Baptist church had broken off. There was a split in the church because of the color of the carpet. They couldn't agree on it. And so half the church left. To create their own church, they could have the right color carpet. And then you wonder why unbelievers are like, we want nothing to do with these people. and We don't want anything to do with them. Like, we, we don't want, you know, why would we want what they have? Because they look just as bad as the world. 
because we're not focusing on the right things. We're not focusing on Yeshua. We're not focusing on the Ruach HaKodesh. We're not focusing on Adonai. We're focusing on our own fleshly desires. And sometimes it's a misunderstanding uh, of the scriptures. That's why you need to read the word with fear and trembling and pray that you're honoring Adonai. There's a reason that there's a higher standard for teachers and preachers. Because they could lead their flock down the wrong path. You know, it kind of made me sad. Another Messianic believer uh, kind of overheard the conversation, was talking about how, you know, they really felt sad about what had happened with if you're not familiar with Bethel, it's a church in California. I've actually been there myself. My best friend actually works there. So I actually kind of have an inside scoop at that particular church. They're run by a bunch of sinners, just like everywhere else. Because we've all sinned and fallen short from of the glory of God. However, there have been some really weird rumors about them. And um, one of the leaders of that church actually died this past week from cancer. Her name is Benny Johnson. And she said, you know, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry, sorry to hear that she died. I just wish she had come to know the way before she died. In my head, I'm thinking, what way? Your way? Like, seriously, because I'm wondering, like, what does that mean exactly? Like, she knew the way. She knew that Yeshua was the way, the truth, and the life. Did she have some weird ideas? Possibly. Don't we all? Like, how many times have I said this? Almost every single podcast. There is no one on this planet that you are going to agree with 100%, not even yourself. It's that simple. So for us to be so judgmental and say like this entire, for the entire church, say this entire church is terrible um, because of their thought process on some particular issue. It's like, man, if you look at any denomination, I'm sure you could find at least just, just one, but probably more things that you do not necessarily agree with and or you might not even think are biblical. Why? Because it's run by a bunch of sinners. We're all a bunch of sinners. It's that simple. I'm, I'm not excusing that. I'm not saying like, well, they weren't trying to be believers. They were leading people astray. Like, how are they leading people astray? Please educate me on that one. And it's same thing like, okay, there's a whole thing about Hillsong. Um, there's allegations against the lead uh, pastor. He just stepped down. I think his name is Brian Houston. I actually met him once in Hawaii and, um, yeah, he decided to, uh, he had a roving eye and he decided to act on it based on the allegations. Don't know if they're true or not. Does not excuse the behavior, but it's the reality of the situation. I think this is the danger that we all come across when we are so jaded by the church, by any body believers that come together because we as people make the mistake of putting other human beings that are just like us on pedestals. And instead of following after Adonai, we start following after the human we've put on a pedestal. Which is kind of what Korah did in the desert and why God opened up the earth and ate him and like 200 other people. Because they weren't zealous after God. They were zealous after their own power, their own glory. You know, and I'm not saying there aren't false prophets out there. There's not false teachers out there. I'm not a huge fan of Joel Osteen. Probably because 
he preaches on the prosperity gospel, which I honestly don't know that much about, but I do know that um, Yeshua's gospel has nothing to do with getting rich. Now, you can be rich in spirit, but not necessarily monetarily because material items are not important. They don't help. If you have your own cash flow and you're not sharing it with the rest of the world or you're not helping others, you're not even donating any money to charity. Um, that's not what the Bible tells you to do. Now, it does talk about not being in debt. That I can get behind you on. However, that being said, it just really made me sad because wherever you look, we are internally, subconsciously, even if we are believers, still looking for a savior and human beings who are on the planet. And that's why we kind of can get um, you know, persuaded by certain teachers, certain preachers, be like, I really like this guy. I think what he has to say is spot on. And then we lose sight of what the Bible says. And instead of following up and being like, you know what? I wonder what the word of God says about what this person is teaching on. And then they realize, oh, it's not actually biblical. That's when you need to check yourself and say, okay, is this person a false teacher? Because if he's teaching things that are not biblical, then yes, he would be the definition of a false teacher. However, I refuse to listen to rumors of what is being taught versus actually, you know, hearing uh, biblical things or whatever it is uh, that somebody's teaching and, and being like, you know what, that's, that's a little bit off to me. I need to go like look in the word. Where is he talking about this? Is this actually biblical or is he like, you know, looking up his own, he's making up his own Bible verses right now. And I think it's important for us to do that because we cannot possibly be zealous like Phineas was or like Yeshua was if we're too busy following another human. And, you know, I've fallen into this trap too. Growing up, you know, and you're a kid, you know, I honestly, I don't even blame myself. I have no, you know, regrets or anything. You know, I listened to what my pastor said. I didn't, I didn't look up what he was saying and be like, you know, let me check this and make sure that what he's saying is biblical. I would say that he he was pretty biblical. However, um, that does not excuse my laziness because I decided to be, I, I chose to be biblically illiterate because it was just too hard for me to open up my own Bible and see what the word of God said. And that's why we're suffering right now because we have a bunch of believers, Messianic community included, who tend to get to a certain point in their walk and then we become biblically illiterate. Like we've forgotten how to open up our own Bibles and rely on our rabbis, our pastors to do it for us. And I think as a body of believers, it is time for us to wake up, smack, smack some sense into ourselves, open up our Bibles and saying, okay, what is the word saying? Adonai, speak to me. Ruach HaKodesh, speak through me. Help me to be still and listen to your still small voice. So that I can hear what it is that you are trying to tell me in this moment. I realize I'm kind of on a soapbox uh, tonight, but I just, it, it gets to a point where like, you know, you're listening to all these different people on the outside and even on the inside. And it's kind of like, where are you coming from? Why are we beating each other up? We already have the entire world against us. 
Now, if you want to call it your brother because you feel that he has sinned or he is becoming, he is, he is preaching things that are false, you go to him in person, privately, right? I, I, we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. And then if he chooses to still not listen, then you go to the elders of his church. And if they don't want to listen, if he still doesn't want to listen, then you take him to in front of his whole church. Granted, it's very difficult to do that if you're not part of whatever church that is. However, the, the point is you can't call out somebody and then be like, well, you know, they're just, a, they're horrible and they're a false teacher. Like, I'm not saying that Joel Osteen is a false teacher. I don't know him personally. I don't know what he's going through. However, I have listened to quite a few of his sermons and they don't necessarily seem super biblical to me. I think people tend to overlook what you're saying when they're staring at your face and you happen to be a relatively good looking person. Um, he doesn't really trip my trigger, but for some people he does. That being said, do your homework. I'm speaking to myself here too. Do your homework. Read the word. Don't just read in it, absorb it, meditate on it. Focus on what the word is saying. You know, it's funny, Ben and I were reading the Torah portion today and, and it's amazing. I even still have my voice because it's, it's a long, long, uh, portion. It has a lot of really good things in it, but it's nothing that you can necessarily, it's not necessarily anything deep or like, man, is, is, is there anything deeper in here? Is there anything else he's trying to say? No, it's extremely straightforward, which makes it really difficult to read, but it's still really good to read because you understand like, this is what Adonai is telling them to do. Like he is so detailed, like you can't possibly say, you know, he wanted me to do this when clearly the Bible says, no, that's not what he said. He specifically said, this is what you're supposed to do. In other portions of the Bible, sometimes it's kind of like, okay, it's kind of up to interpretation, I guess, for some people. But uh, this particular tour portion is not like that at all. It's, uh, it's very straightforward, right in your face. This is exactly what I want you to do. This is what, you know, these are the different portions of land I'm going to be giving to each of the different tribes of Israel. And the Levites don't get a portion because they are my, you know, my priests. But anyways, it's just, it's something that I want you to think about. How in your own life, instead of jumping to conclusions or judging or hearing a rumor about somebody... Can you go to somebody and say, hey, this is what I've been hearing about you. Is it true? And let me tell you, I had a whole list for my friend who works for Bethel. I was like, hey, this is what I've been hearing about the church that you go to. Um, she used to actually, I think she might have just retired, but she was the event coordinator for them. So she's very much involved. I was like, is this what's going on? Like, this is this is what I'm hearing on the line. This is what my friends are saying. And she came back and I, God bless her. She actually came back and gave me the whole list right back and said, no, this is not accurate. This is not accurate. This is actually what it was about. And I don't know why they, they did a whole thing about it because it doesn't make any sense. And obviously it's not biblical. So it's not something that we would be doing at Bethel. And so it's just something to keep in mind. There are a lot of people out there who I don't know, like the sound of their own voice and are willing to throw people under the bus in the process. So really take that into account. Really pray to the Lord for wisdom, like Solomon prayed to the Lord for wisdom, and pray for discernment. Because it's so hard sometimes to really be able to read between the lines. Now, like I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 
to 26. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Hashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. I apologize for totally butchering the song, but everyone has an off day. I pray that you all have a fantastic week. I'm going to enjoy spending the entire day with my husband. Try to celebrate his 40th birthday because he doesn't want us to do anything for it, but we're probably going to anyways because we love him. And I will be back here next week. I hope you'll join me. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is an Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at ProtonMail.com. You can also leave me a one-minute voicemail message on Anchor.fm slash Eric Lacasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.